Welcome to church. I'm Stephanie. I'm the new host of Your Atheist Pastor. I'll still be putting a friendly face on atheism, but I also want to help build communities and connections, even if it's only through the internet. If you're newly godless or a seasoned heathen, I still think it's important for you to have friends that you can be 100% authentic with. So if you're in a place, which a lot of people are, where you feel like atheism is not something you can talk about with the people near you, I want to encourage you to join the Private Yappers Facebook group, even if you're not into Facebook. This is the one thing worth signing on for. The Yappers are, they're unlike any other atheist group I've ever been part of. It's, it's not about religion bashing. It's not about, I mean, it's just, they're cool. There are some pretty funny memes, though, once in a while. <laughs> it's, it's a place where you can be yourself and talk to people that have been in your shoes. It could be silly things, you know, relating to that relative, the overly religious relative and that kind of stuff. Or, you know, sometimes it's, sometimes it's serious. And the serious stuff that, that, that has come up, there's some amazing advice that comes out of fellow yappers. I've been missing for a little while because, well, divorce. Divorce keeps you busy, very busy. It's all, it's all friendly, but, you know, divorcing an evangelical, and you all know the story. It's just a lot, a lot of work, a lot of details, but it's all looking up. Things are going well. And with that all said, our featured atheist today is Daryl. He's a Patreon subscriber, a yapper, and one of my favorite people. You'll hear him talk about being raised in a religious environment that was right on the edge of being a cult and how he became a pastor for 10 years. I hope you learn about Daryl and are at least somewhat entertained by me. All right. Well, hello, Daryl. All right. So, you know, I'm going to try to keep this pretty close to the featured atheist um, you know, program that Luke was using. Okay. Where in the world are you from? And be as specific as you like. Okay, well, I can be very specific because uh, if anybody from my little Bible Belt town hears this, I want them to speak to me about this later. So I am from the buckle of the Bible Belt in Canada, the Great White North, Three Hills, Alberta, and I live on the south end of town. <laughs> so that's about as specific as I can get. Ooh, thanks for the tip. Without giving out my actual address, you know. So, but. so now I know to hang out at the grocery store on the south end of town. Excellent. There's only one grocery store in this town. <laughs> well, it's, it's gonna really be... small. <laughs> it's going to be pretty easy to find you then. That's right. Are you are you coming to find me or? Oh yes, definitely, definitely. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, Daryl is my very favorite Canadian. I'm probably the only Canadian you know. No, I know other Canadians. Okay. All okay. Right, cool. Like All right. Bob from Manitoba. And... No. 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 Actually, okay. it was another. It's <laughs> Dylan. Dylan's in Vancouver. I know him. Oh, Dylan. Yes. Yes. You know, yeah, there's only guy. three of you in Canada, right? 
What? Yeah, there's like four actually. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right. So how long have you been an atheist, Daryl? Uh, that is a hard question to answer. I'm, I'm going to just ballpark it and say about eight years. But, you know, the deconversion process is a bit of a process. So somewhere along the line, it's about 10 years since I left the church. And I think about eight years since I kind of said, I don't believe any of this anymore. What was your religious experience before you became an atheist? Oh, my goodness. That's a that's a really big question. You said these would be easy. Yeah, well. <laughs> uh, well, where do you want me to start with childhood? Because I was I was really born into it. I mean, I yeah, I didn't get yes. any any chance to not be a Christian. Hmm. Okay. So do you want to hear the whole? So, is, yes. is this the like yes, tell your entire life story question? You know I've got all night, Daryl. <laughs> okay. Well, so do I. Uh, you are in for a ride. No. Um, oh, okay. oh, yeah. oh boy. I, I actually still live in the town where I mostly grew up, uh, even though I have moved away a couple of times. But um, yeah, so I was born uh, near Three Hills. And uh, I, I grew up here since about the age of six. And so my experience of moving here was that uh, I we came here because there's a Bible college here. And my, my parents... Uh, we're going to work for the college. So I was a, uh, a kid growing up in a Christian campus. So everything that I grew up around was Christian. So the school was Christian. The church we went to was part of the school. The housing that we lived in belonged to the school. Um, it's called Prairie Bible Institute. And it, you know, the name Institute, it just, it sounds ominous. And it kind of was. Um, there was a lot of rules. Uh, it, I mean, honestly, it was a cult. It was a cult. I'm just going to say it. A lot of wow. people would probably disagree with me, but it was a cult. Well, in- Institute does not instill a lot of, um, fun, fun feelings for me. <laughs> right. It's still, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a scary thing to think about. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I can just paint a little picture of this place, um, the, uh, where do I even start? The, they, they wanted to make the school accessible to as many people as possible and for the people who worked there and for the people who were students and all that kind of stuff. And so they ended up creating this entire little bubble that we could exist in, which consisted of, you know, like I said before, the church or the school basically running the church and running the school and dictating pretty much every part of your life with like a, lots of rules. There was no television allowed. Yeah. Uh, there was a dress code. Um, you know, I, I had to wear shirts with collars and buttons. The girls had to wear dresses. They had to have long hair and long sleeves and, you know, uh, they couldn't show anything above the, the knee or, you know, that kind of thing. Like, so like, like a lot, everything about your life was, was controlled by the school, but not only that, they had a, a staff store so that the staff people could buy groceries and you had to be part of the school to be or the institute let's call it the institute because that yes. sounds even better sounds more culty right yes definitely um, you had to be part of the institute uh to shop at the staff store uh they had a staff gas station they had uh we we had our own power plant and that power plant created steam which was used to heat the homes that we all lived in that were owned by the school we also had our own phone system 
So in every conceivable way, we were a self-contained unit. There was also a farm. We would there there was a, a an institute farm, and we would go there and get milk and eggs. And um, you know, like it, it, <laughs> it just in every way, we were just cut off from the rest of the world, and living in our own little bubble. There was never a reason to leave. So that and 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 then then it, on top of that, it was just extremely religious. So wow, there, right. <laughs> Right. Okay. So, so <laughs> you're still living in the town that this is going on in still? Uh, yes, I still live in the town, but I will say that the Institute itself has changed dramatically. And most of that is gone now. Even a lot of the buildings have been torn down. Um, and it's a completely different entity now. Um, Thankfully, thankfully, I think it's a really good thing. And actually, they it's more they they have a nursing school, they have a flight school. You can go there and learn to be an EMT or take a music class, that kind of thing. Cool. So much different than it used to be. And you didn't have anything to do with tearing those buildings down, right, Daryl? Shh, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I didn't. I took a few pictures when they were being torn down. Yes, of course. And, uh, did a little happy dance. A little graffiti, little, yeah, it's all fun. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> okay. Well, that is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. So, how, how did you get out of this cult? Oh, well, the, this, the, here's the one thing. This is probably the only thing that makes it not quite a cult. Because you could leave. And a lot of cults, I think one of the, the criteria that make it a cult is that they make it really, really hard to leave or impossible to leave or there's or you leave under threat, right? Yes. Uh, and this place, there was no threat to leave, but it was very difficult to get out because when you lived in staff housing, uh, it's because you could live there really cheap. They paid their employees like, you know, dirt and milk and eggs and a couple of bucks. Um, so it was really hard for a family to like save up enough money to actually like get out start a life somewhere else. Um, so I'm really proud of my dad, actually. At some point, he said, enough of this. Uh, they saved up enough money to buy a house. He He's a carpenter, so he renovated the house, and we flipped it, and that gave us enough to get kind of started, and he went back into construction business. So that's how, how we got out. Um, when I graduated high school, though, I just left town. I moved, to, moved out and, uh, you know, just did the get a job, work and all that kind of thing so it wasn't a great escape but it it was just kind of you know it was a natural ending to that chapter of my life but that was not the end of my christianity so okay so one thing before you tell me before the end of your christianity how so your dad actually helped you get out of that particular situation right Mm mm-hmm Interesting. Yes. Yeah. And then what? Well, <laughs> this is just turning into let's tell Daryl's life story. Yes. Um, please. Okay. Well, yeah, I moved out of town. I, I just started working jobs. I worked, uh, I worked at McDonald's. You know, I did the restaurant thing. I cooked for a while. I worked at summer camp, a Christian summer camp. Uh, I was a lifeguard and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, cut to the chase. I ended up moving back 
to Three Hills in order just to work for my dad with his construction company. So at this point, I, ha- I was married and um, uh, some friends of ours told us about this church that they were going to. I, I, and I should say, at that point, I, I decided that I'm never going to church again. When I left Three Hills, I said, I'm never going to church again, you know, as one would. A- amen. <laughs> uh but yeah, so some friends of ours were like, man, you guys got to come check out this church. It's really cool. It's like, you know, it's really small. And there's, uh, you know, there's this Scottish pastor there and he's he's funny and he's young and he's he's pretty hip. And we were like, ah, OK, whatever, we'll give it a try. So I showed up at this church um, and uh, I had done music in church and before. And so I had told my wife at the time, you know, please don't tell them that I've ever done any church music because I did not want to get wrapped up in that scene. This is back when people were fighting over whether hymns or, you know, if we should have a band play or guitar or God forbid there'd be drums in church, you know, Oh wow. The tragedy. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I told her, don't tell, tell anybody that I'd done music. And, uh, so we ended up kind of liking the church. There were some really nice people there and we got invited out to dinner our first time there. Probably the first three times we went, we got invited out for lunch at somebody's house and we thought that was great. The people were really kind and fun and, you know, it was really relaxed, not at all what I was used to with church. So that was very cool. And uh, so after about three months, I, I, I told them that I would be willing to help out with music. And the pastor looked at me, he's like, you, you do music. And I was like, yeah, I didn't want to say anything, but yeah, I do music. And so he made me audition. And I, and so I played the guitar, sang a little song. I think it was like a Jars of Clay song that I sang for any of the people that were Jars of Clay fans back in the day. And, uh, and I played this song and he just looked at me and he goes (laughs) something like, like you've been here for three months and you haven't told me that you can do that. And I was like, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and he goes, okay, yeah, we need your help. We need you to, to help out with the music because between you and me, the music is terrible. And he wasn't wrong. The music was really, really terrible, that, which is why I offered to help, you know. That's, uh, that's a typical church music situation, in my opinion. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but true. Uh, yeah, I think things have come a long ways in the last, you know, decade or so. But um, anyway, I, I, long story short, I started volunteering to do music. And that led to a phone call where the pastor called me up and he said, um, hey, you know, uh, you've been volunteering. It's going really well. We really like what you do. Uh, We'd like to bring you on staff as the worship pastor. And and my jaw just kind of dropped. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, what? Like, I just smoked a joint like two weeks ago. I don't think I'm really cut out for this whole pastor thing. (laughs) And... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he goes, no, no, I want, I want you to think about it. You'll know what the right answer is. And, 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 you know, my knee-jerk response was definitely no. Like, I, this is never, ever on my radar as something that I want to do with my life. Hmm. Um, but then I was in a band. I was in a Christian band at the time. And, and I told my buddy in the band. I know, I know, I was in a Christian band. Um, I told my buddy in the band about the opportunity. And... Uh, I can see the faces that you're making. I know, I know you can. I'm sorry. I'm trying to be quiet. I'm trying to be, you know, somewhat, somewhat, um, you know, podcast hosty. But I can't see your faces, Daryl. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. It's really hard for me to contain making faces in that case. 
Oh, I'm, I'm dying to know what you think. Just interject at any moment if you have a wise crack. You <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to behave. I'm trying to behave. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I know. Okay. Right. Okay. All <laughs> okay. right. Continue on, please. <laughs> okay. So I told I told my friend in the band uh, what the you know what I had just talked to the pastor on the phone about and and uh, and he goes, well, what did you say? What did you say? And I and I was like, well, I said no, I don't want this job. And he goes, are you kidding me? He's like, dude, I went to Bible college for four years to get an offer like you just got handed to you. He's like, if you don't take this job, I'm going to punch you in the face. And I was like, huh, I never really thought of it that way. And, and, and you know, so of course, the, the, the saying is always like, oh, when, when God closes a door, he opens a window. And, and I thought to myself, maybe sometimes he actually opens doors. That's weird. And, and, and so I thought if, if, if God opened a door, I should probably go in. So... So I ended up saying yes to the job and I spent the next 10 years as a pastor because I couldn't think for myself because I couldn't make that decision for myself. I let somebody else make that decision for me. And uh, that's how I became a pastor. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So I have, I have one question. Uh-huh. When God opened the door of the window, did he also put a plexiglass shield in front of the drums? Uh, yes. Short answer, yes. There was a plexiglass shield. <laughs> Why? What does God have against drums? Uh, I don't think God has anything against drums because God's not real. I don't think Santa has anything against drums either. That's true. Um, Santa actually gives some good drum sets out for Christmas. Does he? I think so. I, did, I didn't get one. Mm, not yet. I, I wouldn't have thought to ask for one, though, because, you know, I grew up in a community that despised the drums. Um, I did go on to learn to play drums, though. So, yeah, there's that. Anyway, okay. that's a side note. Yes. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, where was I going with this? <laughs> ten years. Ten years. I, You know, Stephanie, if I could get those ten years back, I think I would. I think I would. All right, but you know, to be devil's advocate, you know, because I'd like the devil better. <laughs> what? I mean, where would you be if you didn't have those ten years? You would be a different person, right? Yeah, that is entirely true. That's a that's a fair point. Um, yeah, I can't get too hung up on decisions I made before my brain was fully developed, right? And how old are you now? <laughs> Don't, don't you don't have to answer that i'm just saying i think it's supposed oh, it's to be fine. fully developed by like 28 and i'm pretty sure yeah, you're late uh my brain is still <laughs> developing let's just say that i i'm a late late bloomer i'm 42 <laughs> my brain is still developing what was the what was the moment that made you realize religion was all bullshit oh man it was um like I had been asking a lot of questions, like since I was a pastor and then I was not a pastor anymore, which is a whole other story. But um, I was suddenly free to ask all the hard questions and a lot of things had been like nagging at me for like a, a really long time. Like, you know, but as a Christian, you're, you know, you know that you can't answer the, or you can't ask those questions like, why is hell real or what, you know, why would a loving God burn us all in hell forever? You know, those kind of really uncomfortable questions that cl- Christians have cliche and glazed over answers for and so I was googling like crazy and I even like there was at, at the the school where that was in town here I talked to a lot of the professors 
and I ask them some of these hard questions and I can never get satisfactory answers. And so I'm sitting up late one night uh, and it's like two in the morning and I am just Googling hard questions. And I've, I see a, a website or like, like what, something in the Google search came up that was like, oh, I don't remember exactly what it was, but like that looks like something that might lead to one of the answers that I'm looking for. And I realized that I had only been looking at like Christian authors, Christian teachers, all that kind of stuff. And so I saw this one that came up, but it was at xchristian.net. And I, re- I had this visceral feeling of fear of like, I can't click that. I cannot click that. And I'm in, in the dark, in the basement, by myself, and I'm looking over my shoulder because I'm actually so scared to click that link that someone might know that I looked at an ex-Christian website. But I took a deep breath and I clicked it anyway. And I went on to read a whole bunch of stories of people that had left Christianity. And I'm not going to lie, up until then, like I wasn't actually looking to leave Christianity. I was trying to save my faith. I was trying to stay a Christian. And it was hard. And and I saw all these stories of people that had left Christianity. And it had never occurred to me that an ex-Christian could even exist. Like to me, it was like once a Christian, always a Christian. And you know what the thing was that really got me was um, Marlene Wynell and her uh, explanation of religious trauma syndrome. And I read through the list of symptoms of religious trauma syndrome. And I was like, holy fuck, I have all of these. There was not one single thing on that list that was missing. And I was like, I have all of those. And that was a massive turning point for me that people that were not Christians we're acknowledging the fact that guys like me who grew up in the church were traumatized. And I like I kind of fell apart just knowing that that was being acknowledged. There was something so affirming about that that I'm not crazy and that, that this actually is damaging and that this actually has really hurt me. So, yeah, that was like a huge that, – that, that was the turning point for me. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah. And disturbing. <laughs> right? Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, it's sad. And that trauma has taken years to get over. That's the that's when I say like eight years ago. That was around that eight eight year mark. And wow. the last eight years has been a journey of like trying to undo all of that damage. And it's been really hard. And especially being in a community where people look at you and they're like, You're not damaged. That's not damage. Mm-hmm. That's you you just did it wrong if you're damaged and they just put it right back on me and it's like well what the fuck you know i can't talk to any of you people about this so right. it's been very very lonely too right R- right right <laughs> and that is part of the reaching out that's that's it's a hard part but you do have to reach out you know what i'm i'm on an authenticity kick so you know you have to kind of just be who you are and let the chips fall where they may yeah, I agree. And that's, but that is really hard to learn after you grow up in yeah. like a really culty Christian environment where people are very, very fake. Like there was all mm-hmm. kinds of shit going on as a kid. I was just unaware of it. And you don't find out sometimes until years later. But um, yeah, people are not themselves. They, they're all just trying to not get ratted out by their fellow Christians. But right. humans are humans, you know, and, and it's okay to be human. Yes. 
It's okay to be wrong. It's okay to say, I don't know. And it's also okay to say, I'm sorry when you fuck up. That's right. I totally agree. And it's okay to admit that you look at porn. God. <laughs> yeah, like they don't, right? That's the best I part. I know. I know. Do you want to know another funny thing? This is this is full confession here. As okay. a pastor for 10 years. <laughs> The big thing with pastors, they were always talking about like, oh, don't look at porn. You can't look at porn. And, they, and you know, they're always like they would install software on your computer oh. so that, you know, it like it like speed dials your your accountability partner. That's like, oh, Daryl just looked at a pornography website. And, you know, it, it's so stupid. It's so dumb. And when I was a pastor, I swear to God, I looked at so much porn all the time. And as soon as I was not a Christian anymore, it was like, eh, I could take it or leave it. Right. Like if the very thing that you were trying to avoid, you were giving it more power than it ever had in the first place. They Like the Christ- Christians are giving pornography all the power. I, I, I don't know the statistics, but I bet you most of the people that are looking at porn are the people that aren't supposed to be looking at porn. Oh, yeah. You know, but as soon as you're allowed to look at it whenever you want it, it's like, eh, you know, I could take it or leave it. Right. it. It really is not a big deal. You know, I agree. <laughs> so, yeah, Christians, they're, they're making it harder than it is. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. The accountability partner thing I heard about from Luke, because because I actually said, well, I don't know. I wonder what would happen if I tried to Google any porn at my house. And he's like, oh, no, you, you probably got accountability. You've got to be an accountability software. At your house. <laughs> had you not heard of an accountability partner? I had before? not. I had not. I do not need an accountability partner. Thank you very much. So, so you didn't grow up in the church. Is that no. that's not your background? No. Right? Now who's interviewing who? Right? No. Oh I yes. Did not. So let's talk about you, Stephanie. <laughs> let's talk about me. I uh, yes. No, I did not. So accountability partner is something I have never heard of until that. That's funny. Lucky you. I know, man. Yeah, I've, accountability I've, partner. I've what made a, a I've made a sleep pact. I'm, make a, I'm making a sleeping pact with a friend now. Okay, so that's kind of like an accountability partner, right? Okay. We're gonna yeah, hold yeah. each other accountable, accountable to try to like sleep seven hours a night, maybe eight. Wow, that's you know that's doable. I know you want to do that too, right? Yeah, because that whole five to six hours thing, it it's not very good for you. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know how to do it yet, but I'm working on it. Yeah, I I don't know either. I've gotten a couple nights that 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 were like you know seven hours. And I woke up and I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, no, it's um, I think seven. I, I, I may have hit the eight hour mark like twice in the last 10 years. So, Hmm. Interesting. So I slept. I used to sleep like <laughs> nine hours, but I think that was just because I was bored and I would rather be asleep than in my current life. So, oh, yeah. See, that's the thing is that I hate sleep. I love uh. being awake. I love being alive. I love the world. I love everything. And if I'm sleeping, I'm missing out on something. So that's what I feel like anyway. Yeah. You know, we're, we're probably going to have to have a second episode of just about sleep. <laughs> I think that's probably covered on, you know, like hidden brain I or know. like stuff you should know. It was actually, like you that. are not so smart. Yeah, you are not so smart. Another good one. <laughs> yes, it was that one. So. We're just plugging all the podcasts. Yeah, I know, I know. We're really good. You know what? We'll have our own segment of the best podcast of the week that was not your atheist pastor. 
<laughs> well, while we're on it, everybody should listen to Born Again Again. If you grew up in the church and then you left the church, you need to listen to that podcast. Cool. Very good. Nice yes. plug. Well done, Daryl. I have nothing to do with it. It's just a great podcast. No, that's cool. Well, we listen to a lot of the same stuff. That's why we're friends. That's true. Cool. That's why we're going to have to meet up in Vegas. Are we? Are, is the Yaptron meeting in Vegas? Uh, okay. Well, we all know Nick will be there. <laughs> Nick will be there around the best day of the year, which just happens to be my birthday, January 17th. Oh, well, we can't leave Nick hanging. Pretty sweet, right? So um, he'll be there around my birthday and then probably for a few days after. So you never know. I might show up over the weekend there, 18th, 19th. Uh, it'll be really of, fun. Of January? Yes. But I do think we should make this like an annual goal to show up, you know, somewhere, maybe in Calgary. I don't know. Or <laughs> somewhere warm, please. If it's Whoa, in okay, January, okay, okay. We'll stick with Vegas come, then. Vegas, Vegas it is. We'll go to Vegas. We'll go to Vegas once a year. You know, and as many of us could, could show up, would it would just be so much fun to get to know each other and see each other just, you know, for a few days. I think it'd be fun. Yeah. That would be that would be awesome. Yeah. So I don't know. That'd be a cool community goal for me. We'll all meet up once a year. Yeah, that would be pretty sweet. I got to get a passport. So, so what what do you do now then, Daryl? Where are you at your life now? Wow. Um, gosh, you know, I I have done a bunch of stuff since I was a pastor, but the long story short. Uh, the entrepreneur thing didn't quite work out, although I'm still trying. I, I would really like to work for myself again at some point. I started a couple of small businesses, computer repair. I was always good with computers and stuff like that. Worked in a recording studio for a while, um, and that that was kind of cool. Uh, but ultimately now, I, I was the director of the Arts Academy in my town for a few years. That was also really fun. Lots of theater and uh, music lessons and community events, that kind of thing. Um, so that was really cool, but actually right now I work in a honey processing facility and I filter honey, I package honey, <laughs> I just work, work with a lot of honey. It's a very sticky job, well, you, <laughs> but I you, like it. You do know that I am really hoping that we can have our own segment called Hot, Sweet and Sticky, right? <laughs> I had heard a rumor that that could be part of the show. <laughs> so for anyone that hasn't heard the rumor, I kind of know Daryl from Marco Polo because that's, um, you know, that's where we met um, from the Yaptron Marco Polo group. And it's been really mm. fun. And I mean, I actually, Daryl, I feel like you're a good friend. I agree, Stephanie. Yay. I feel like you're a good friend, too. <laughs> And the funny part is uh, the the questions I asked you today, which are the typical, we're not done yet, the typical featured atheist questions were things I didn't know the answer to. Because yeah, we've, we've talked, talked about, about like a everything lot. But. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's it's kind of interesting. But I mean, I oh, I think it's been great to have that little fun, I don't know, I think hot and sweet and sticky would be a pretty a pretty good segment. Or, yeah. I don't even know what we would talk about in uh, that segment. Uh, I think but... it's going to be introvert insights, to tell you the truth. <laughs> well, there you go. Introverts have a lot of insights. Right? <laughs> but, but <laughs> yeah. No, um, 
I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how you feel about that, but I, I know you're you're a little more intermittent. Well, I don't know. I am too right now. But, you know, divorce drama. So I got keep it busy. <laughs> but <laughs> yes. but so so no, it's been really fun to meet people on in, in that community. It's been it's been great. And, yeah, and that's I how I met say, you. Like if, if you're listening to this and you're not on the Yaptron. It's a really cool community. If you're not supporting the podcast and you're thinking about it, man, uh, especially if you are an atheist and you are a little bit lonely and you don't have a lot of atheists in your community or people that you know, Yaptron is amazing. And there's just the coolest people there. There's always a discussion going on. And sometimes it's a little wild and it will make you feel a little less weird. (laughs) Is that possible? Well, yeah, when you get to hang out with people like Stephanie. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, okay, wait, wait. Hold on, Daryl. Are you saying that I am so weird that you feel less weird? You would call that a backhanded compliment, yes. <laughs> uh, all right, well, well, then, well then thank you. I'm, there you I'm go. cool with that. Oh, uh, come on. You know I love you. I know I love you too, Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to behave. I'm I'm trying to behave myself and do good. Okay, we'll keep going. Am I I doing okay? You're doing great. You're doing great. Cool. So I'm really honored to be your first interview on the show. I just wanted to say that. What I said was you were popping my podcast cherry, and I love it. It's great. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Right. So, Daryl. Yes. Your life now. Where do you want to go next? Uh, are you talking like, do I have a five-year plan? Because I don't. Do you have a five-year plan? I sure don't. I have a zero-year plan. I have like, I have a tonight plan. I plan to finish the whiskey that I'm drinking <laughs> and probably have a good sleep. And uh, we'll see what tomorrow brings. All right. Then let me ask you two more questions. Sure. How do you feel about using the word atheist? You know, that's a good question. I, you know, I tend to not use it very freely with the community that I'm in. I'm technically not out of the closet, so to speak, in my community, although I'm not trying to stay in the closet. Um, I've told a few close friends that I don't believe anymore. uh, And I, you know, I've, I've told my my sister and she's still a Christian. I told my my brother, who is also an atheist, which actually he he kind of deconverted at the same time as me. Can I tell a little story about that? Absolutely. Okay, so we are at, I believe, Christmas or Thanksgiving dinner at my folks' house. And uh, and I'm in the midst of this, like, I, like, you know, I don't believe anything anymore. I, I don't want anything to do with this. And, and there's always, like, the big, grandiose family prayer you know, before dinner. And my dad turns to me and he goes, Daryl, do you want to say grace? And I said, nope. <laughs> and, uh, and that was that he didn't react. Everybody kind of went quiet for a second. And my dad says, okay. And then he just went into his normal, you know, say grace before dinner. Thank God for the whole family being home, all the blessings and all that stuff. Anyways, so I've got my eyes open the whole time and I'm, you know, um, I make eye contact with my brother and, uh, and he, he hits me up after supper in a quiet space and he's like, dude, what was with like not saying grace? 
And I was like, I just, uh, I didn't want to, man. I, I just like, I'm not even sure, you know, and he goes, do you not believe in that anymore? And I was like, uh, and he goes, cause I don't, I don't, man. I, it's all crap. And I was like, what? And so here's my brother who lives in a completely other city in another part of the country. And we both kind of deconverted from all of this at the same time without knowing. And so it's actually been a great support having my brother. We, we send funny memes back and forth and we, you know, funny Christian news and, and jokes and stuff like that. Um, so that, that's been great. But yeah, the rest of my family is all still believers. Um, anyways, yeah. What was the question? (laughs) (laughs) I think you answered it, whatever it was. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, yes, you asked if I I was comfortable with the term atheist. And and yeah, so I am within myself, but I don't use that around other people. I don't like prance around saying I'm an atheist to everybody. I might say that I'm agnostic or that I'm a non-believer or that I'm just not a Christian. I'm comfortable saying that I'm not a Christian to just about anybody. But um, but I do feel like the word atheist has a lot of negative connotations, which sucks, which sucks, because all it means is that you don't believe in something. Right. You know, if somebody is like a, a non Santa believer, like nobody's going to hate on them for not believing in Santa. That just makes sense. You know, it's just like, well, here's something you don't believe in. You know, I, I there's lots of things that we all don't believe in, but it doesn't mean that it needs a label. Right. Agreed. Yeah. So most of the time I would just say non-Christian. And, and that's, that's kind of a softer way to put it to some people. But I've actually been asked straight out, are you an atheist? And in that case, I always answer, well, yeah, I am. But, <laughs> you know, I, I understand how that works. And, and I want to remind you, Daryl, that the very first time we talked on Marco Polo was you saying, oh, my God, I met... Well, you probably didn't say it like that, <laughs> but, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, I might have. <laughs> but maybe theater guys, you never know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> but you said you said that you had met another atheist in a bar, and I said all you have to do is say it out loud, and you'll meet more. That's very true. Yes. So. Y- you were correct, actually. Have you met any more since then? I have. I've met two. <gasps> Sweet. Yeah. Right I mean, here in my little Bible Belt town. I love it. See, that's what I'm saying. They're everywhere. You just don't know unless you say it out loud, right? Right. Very cool. So what are you saying? I uh, should make a Facebook post and be like, what's up, everybody? I'm an atheist. Hit me nah. up. Nah. You know, No. I, I, you know what you you and I we've talked a lot so I think we're on the same page as far as being a one at a time kind of people yeah that's an yeah. introvert thing right cool so no I don't think you should make a giant public post okay okay cool I agree. so you don't, you don't have to do that <laughs> you don't have no. to do that all right do you have anything else important to say to me before I ask you one last question oh man important to say to you well man i'm really i'm really stoked that you're hosting this podcast um i i have to admit i'm gonna miss luke except that i'm on the yaptron and i can still chat with luke whenever and i'm gonna check out the new sex and death podcast oh yeah so it's not like luke is going away right um 
But I, I did enjoy having Luke as my atheist pastor, which I thought was just a silly and cheesy name for the podcast. But it, it worked. It sucked me in. And I, was, and I grew to really love that guy. And so, Luke, I know you're listening to this. I love you, man. Well, he will be, yes. Because <laughs> he'll probably be <laughs> editing it and going, huh, you can't say that. You <laughs> yes. can't do this. You can't do that. Oh, Stephanie, come on. You're out of hand. But <laughs> Okay, well, Luke, you better leave that part in, okay? The <laughs> I love you part, because I love you, man. Yeah, everybody does. All right. One last question, Daryl. You ready? I'm ready. All right. This is the big one. It gets asked on every single featured atheist interview. Okay. Why do you think we're not screwed after all? Oh, we're totally screwed. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh, no, I'm kidding. I'm totally joking. I, here's the reason that we're not screwed. Because I love millennials. Me too. And I think, you know, our future being in the hands of the millennials is the best thing ever. Um, I do not understand all the hate on the millennials those guys are they're amazing and they're going to figure stuff out and 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 I think that the reason that people are are hammering on millennials is just because they have it a little bit easier than the previous generations but that's what we wanted for them that's what we wanted for them um and and in some ways they have it easier and in some ways they don't they really don't they have a they have like a a giant can of worms to open but um overall uh I think they're a brilliant generation and they're they're going to make changes like 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 as far as acceptance of the lgbtq community um racism um just as far as things like solving world hunger and climate change and stuff like that i think like this is the one generation coming up that's going to make more difference than any other generation previous because they are done putting up with all the bullshit right you know what i have not heard you say that before in all the talks we've had, Daryl, that has not come up. And I absolutely agree with you, 100%. Um, yeah, I always say the millennials are going to save us all. So, um, yeah, you're on. Yeah, you, you've got it right. Well, I'm glad we agree on that. Me and too. my children are millennials. So, mm. you know. <laughs> well, some of them, right? I'm putting a lot on them, I know. <laughs> right. You have to save me. oh they'll be fine you know good dads go a long way well daryl thank you so much for being my you know very first one for a podcast your podcast cherry you pop my podcast cherry i love it thank you so much (laughs) you are very welcome and thanks for having me i hope you all enjoyed my first try at podcast hosting (laughs) i know i made luke work harder than he should have on this episode because well Beginners start at the beginning. I was quite tempted to include the test tracks of a friend and I hooking the thing with the knobs to the other thing with the knobs and making it all work. It was a lot of fun. But, you know, you would you would understand where I'm coming from and how much better I'll get next time. Thanks for listening, everyone. And I'll talk to you all again in a couple of weeks. <laughs>